What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 6 of Trail Tales, the podcast where I, an Appalachian Trail thru-hiker, talk with other thru-hikers, peak baggers, ultra runners, you name it. I haven't had any peak baggers or ultra runners on the show yet, but I will shortly. I can promise you that. I've got a couple really cool guests in mind, and we're going to kind of branch out from just the uh, AT thru-hikers in the near future here. So today I'm super stoked to bring you guys a really cool chat I had with Liz's sister, who recently completed a flip-flop thru-hike of the Appalachian Trail. We talk all about flipping up to Maine in the middle of a thru-hike, and we also got into some of the differences between a four and a half month thru-hike, which is what I did, and a six month thru-hike, which is what Liz did. I think it was a great conversation, and it was really great to highlight the fact that a thru-hike doesn't necessarily have to be a traditional south to north or north to south hike. We're going to get into the episode in just a second, but first, those of you that listen to the show on a regular basis know exactly what I'm about to say. That's right. You can probably say it almost line for line in your head right now. I'm going to tell you how to contact me. That's right. Let's say you think I'm doing something cool, or maybe you think I'm doing something that's not cool. Maybe you don't like that I swear so much. I got a couple comments about that on Facebook. People weren't too stoked about that, so... I mean, I'm not going to stop swearing, but I'm going to try to cut down just a little bit because I went back and listened to episode 5, and yeah, I swear quite a bit in that, especially at the beginning, so... Anyways, let's say you want to give me some feedback like that, or some good feedback, whatever it is, I need you to contact me. You can email me. I haven't gotten any emails yet. Trailtalespod at gmail.com. But if that's too old-fashioned for you, thankfully I'm also on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Trailtalespod. And I made a Facebook for the show, and I haven't posted anything on it yet. I said this last week, but I will get around to setting up the Facebook page as well. Hopefully I can branch out and expand the audience a little bit that way we will see but yeah feel free to get in touch tweet me instagram dm me toss me a follow on there you know all that good social media stuff hit me up for sure i also want to say that if you like the show you want to support what i'm doing for some crazy reason you can do that it would really really help me If you left a five-star review on iTunes or whatever your podcast streaming platform is, it would help me rank the show higher so that more people are exposed to it and I can gain a lot of Instagram followers and seem really cool to all my friends that don't give a shit about hiking. I just swore again, but it wasn't an F-bomb, so I'm just going to leave it in. There's plenty of F-bombs once we get into the episode here, so whatever. I just swear a lot, I'm sorry. Anyways, yeah, another thing you can do to help me, because I know you're just dying to help me, right, is you can subscribe to the show on whatever your podcast streaming platform is. That way you will get all the new episodes as soon as they come out, every single Tuesday. And the last thing you can do to help me is tell a friend. If you know somebody who's into hiking, if you know somebody who's potentially thinking about doing the Appalachian Trail, or any long distance trail could be the pct or the cdt as well anybody who's interested in through hiking or peak bagging and all that stuff i mentioned at the uh, beginning of the intro here let them know share the show with them it would really really go a long way all right let's do this my conversation with liz's sister 
flip-flop Appalachian Trail class of 2018. All right, here we go. Episode number six of Trail Tales. I'm here with Liz's sister, not Seister. We just went over that. Trail name is Golden Girl, and she's fresh off of a thru-hike of the Appalachian Trail. We're going to get into a bunch of details about that, but right off the bat here, Liz, like what's going on? How you doing? Um, I'm just living my best life, living unemployed and homeless and kind of figuring it out with all this free time. When did you get back from the trail? What, uh, what day did you finish? I finished on Halloween and then I drove about nine hours back to Indiana on the first. So you're pretty fresh off, I guess, then. What, what's that, about 20 days? Today's November 20th and Halloween is the last day in October, I believe. I'm making myself sound like a total dumbass here right off the bat, but that's all good. Yeah, I rushed around when I got home, slept on the couch, and then actually slept in my roommate's, my old roommate's bed for the first two nights I was here because she was crashing on her boyfriend's. <laughs> so I just been kind of like zooming around until, until I got my stuff out of storage to move into my sister's place. Nice. It must feel good to kind of be like settled down a little bit after such a crazy fucking adventure. Yeah, like it's awesome to be among my things again and not everything smells and like I still have down everything and I don't have to worry about it getting soaked or like smelly. It's just clean and fluffy. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I kind of want to go back to when you learned about the Appalachian Trail. So how did you first hear about it and what made you decide to do this crazy uh, backpacking trip? Okay, well, I'm old as fuck, so I heard about it back in high school, and uh, that, like, I'm 31 now, so... That's not old as fuck. <laughs> I'm going to be 31 in nine years. I'm going to be old in nine years? I don't think so. You're just a little tot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so I heard about it back in high school, and I was like, oh, like, that's kind of cool, but I don't really put any thought into it until it's like, then I got to college, and I kind of heard about it again, and... The final straw was like, I already did college, grad school, had the career, the whole, you know, what you're supposed to do. And I was uh, getting my leg tattooed and it turned out when I went to get another session, he was off on the trail. And I was like, what? I'm like, I had no idea. I'd spent how many hours with this guy stabbing me and I had no idea he hiked. <laughs> and so um, I, when he got back, I was like, hey. Uh, you're a captive audience. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. <laughs> and I asked all, you know, the normal questions, like, what do you eat? You know, where do you sleep? You know, the normal stuff. Where do you shit? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I probably asked that question actually. And uh, that was like the final straw. I was like, you know what? I just, I have to do this thing. And it wasn't too much longer that I kind of planned to do it. Off a year to save. And there it was. Nice. Nice. So, that conversation, I guess it kind of sounds like you had heard of the trail before, but you had never put any thought into you actually doing it. And was that conversation like the turning point? Like you walked into the room there and when you walked out, you were like, yep, I'm going to do this. Or did your conversation with him kind of like point you in that direction and like it took some more time? Like how did you kind of come to the idea to do the trail? Um, it was actually always on a bucket list. 
like I back in between undergrad and grad school, I thought about like, oh, maybe I'll just use sections of it and I'll section it. And I was talking about starting in Maine and going Sobo and life always seems to get in the way, of course. Right. And so I never got around to doing it. And then um, life changed for me drastically. And um, I thought about it, but it was finally like talking with someone that just kind of said, see ya and did it. Push you over the edge. Yeah. I was like, you know what? This is actually obtainable. This is a thing that people do. And that was when I was like, well, um, I was thinking about going back to school for my PhD. And I was like, well, I'll have three months. I'll just see how much I can do in three months. And then I decided to fuck the PhD and decided to do the whole through hike. So did you decide to do the through hike when you were already in on that three month hike? No, I, um, I was talking to my friend probably probably like the year before and I was like yeah I think I'm just gonna do a section and like apply to programs see where I go and she's like if you're in this far why not just do the whole thing because she's like I know you you're not gonna be happy doing a section of it you're gonna be pissed off that you didn't finish it and I thought about it I was like yeah I'm gonna be pissed off if I don't finish it so that's when I was like well fuck grad school I'll just go on just send it I love it that's crazy so if you don't mind me asking, I, I just kind of want to get a feel for like what your life circumstance was before you left for the trail, because that's something that perspective through hikers always have a lot of questions about. So what was going on in your life and how did you kind of make room in your career, in your education, whatever it is to uh, fit in this uh, six month hike? Uh, well, like I said, like I have my master's in molecular biology, so I was working at a hospital and I did that. I worked at another doctor's office in the laboratory and then I taught yoga. So I worked three jobs and one of them was full-time. The other one was like part-time and then fill in. So I worked a lot between first shift, third shift and wherever I could fit yoga classes in to just save. I lived really cheaply. I had a studio apartment and didn't do much, which was helpful because I worked all the time. And then my lease was going to be up, but I still had six months before I was going to head out for the trail. And I had a friend that was like, hey, I have a house. I have an extra room. If you need a place, just come on over. So I was able to live with her and another girl, which was the most fun and drunken time of six months <laughs> of my life. Um, so we got into a lot of shenanigans. Um, but yeah, I just, I worked a lot and um, like I said before, drank a lot and just saved as much as I could. So it wasn't that hard. Like, I, like I said, I was, I'm an adult. So like I met with a lawyer and I was like, I might die. I need a will. So <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately, a lawyer. that's so good. So, um, I had a friend that's a lawyer and he was very, very, very worried about me because in the Midwest, nobody leaves. Like, that's what you do. Like, you're born in the Midwest, you get married, have kids and die in the Midwest and you never leave. And like you're allowed one token a week trip to go to Florida and that's it. And so everybody was so freaked out that I'm going to go to mountains and I'm going to go hike and be out in nature. And so they all thought I was going to die, which they're not wrong. I could have, I really thought I was going to die a few times. And, uh, 
he was just like, I'll set up a will for you. And I set up that in like a power of attorney and I got like catastrophic health insurance (laughs) just in case. So I'm like, I had to make sure my shit goes where it's supposed to go. So it's just, that was part of my preparation. That is so funny. I've never heard that before. (laughs) You kind of just touched on it a second ago, but I kind of wanted to ask, how did your like friends and family react when you first told them you were going to do this hike? Because where I'm from here in Vermont, pretty much everybody is familiar with the Appalachian Trail because it goes through the state. And, you know, it's not super uncommon for people around here to either hike the whole thing or at least hike on parts of it. But um, I remember I was talking with a buddy who was from Ohio, and he said that pretty much nobody had even, like, heard of the trail. So they thought it was this, like, like mountaineering expedition. Like, they just didn't have a clue. I, I guess I kind of want to know just, like, what did your friends and family know about the trail, and how did they react when you told them you were going to do it? Um, yeah, so it is like that. Nobody has any idea. Like, you'll say the AT, and they're like, what? And you're like, Appalachian Trail. They're like, where's that? Like, people people thought and then when I was like yeah I'm like it's gonna be like almost 2200 miles they're like oh so that's gonna take you like a month or two like I'm like what the no (laughs) like fuck I was lucky I could get it done just over six months and uh so nobody like they do think it's mountaineering they think it's like these insane mountains and then everyone's like you've seen wild right like you're gonna die (laughs) I was like Mostly people say that because they know I'm um, like I study biology, but I wasn't like the naturey biology. I was like the laboratory molecular DNA biology. And I was renowned for being like, oh, fuck nature. Like, I don't like it. Get away from me. And I was very <laughs> indoorsy. So even my uh, like my best friends, they were like, well, she may be uncomfortable, but the only thing that's going to take her off trail because her he- like mind is set on doing this is if she gets injured, which was true. Like there was a lot of times I was not having any fun and I fucking hated it out there. And I was just like, well, I said I was going to do it. I can't not do it. I can't fail. Stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. Pure stubbornness. So a lot of my friends knew that. And then people that didn't know me quite as well were like, oh, um, are you sure you know what that is? Like, isn't that just like, like rock climbing? And I was like, I, I don't think so. And then I got to Maine. I was like, fuck, what is this? This is not hiking. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So you did a flip-flop hike. And for those of you that don't know what that is, there's a number of different ways to hike the Appalachian Trail. There's the traditional northbound through hike, which is what most people do. You know, you start in Georgia And you just hike north until you get to the end of the trail up in Maine. Some people do that southbound, like our our guest last week. But um, a flip-flop hike is basically, I mean, you can kind of make a flip-flop hike out of like however you want. I mean, you basically start at any point of the trail. And then rather than just hiking through, you kind of jump to a different spot at some point and then hike back to where you had uh, left off originally. So I guess my question for you, Liz, is was a flip-flop hike the original plan when you set out or was that something that just ended up happening because of uh, the circumstances of your hike? Uh, Yeah, mine was an oh shit flip-flop. Like I feel like there are two versions of flip-flops. It's the people that plan that shit. And so they're normally like in Harpers Ferry and head north to Maine. Then they go back to Harpers Ferry and head south. Like they planned that. I got 
I got to Harper's Ferry and I actually, I got to Harper's Ferry the same day as Flossie because I remember talking to him outside the ATC. So we were all there around the same time and I continued up to Maryland and through there. And then it was just getting to that point where all of us were doing mileage, how many miles we have to do per day with one zero a week and just accounting it that way. And, um, that was when it started raining for like a week straight. It was like the, one of the hurricanes was coming I remember through. that very clearly. It was like Florence or something and it just like rained and I just, I couldn't fucking be wet one more goddamn time. I was done. You were like, fuck this. I'm going to Maine. I, I dead serious. I, um, I just crossed that bridge that was on Maryland, like in Maryland. I was almost to the end of it and got to this shelter and I just like dropped my pack. There was um, a group of my trail family in there and that I hiked pretty much all of Virginia with and they're in there and I just dropped my pack, dropped everything. I was like, fuck this shit. And I just lose it. And I, I went on a sailor rampage of just cussing (laughs) to the point where a bunch of them are just trying not to laugh because they're like, uh, (laughs) And they told me later, they're like, yeah, that took a lot. Like, you were pissed. I've only lost my shit like that four times on trail, and that was one of it. And a uh, couple of people I was hiking with, uh, everything was soaked. So we're like, well, we're going to go into Waynesboro, um, Pennsylvania, the shittier of the two Waynesboros. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> sorry for anyone that lives there, but... <laughs> Uh, went in there and just like kind of assess our options, dried stuff out and took a couple days and then decided to flip. That was an ordeal. So what was, um, your start date? I submitted April 15th. Oh, so you started the same day that, uh, Flossie did. I submitted that day. I started at like 2 PM on April 14th on the approach trail. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a little bit. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Not not hating, not hating. I didn't start for a hot minute, and then I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. Had you ever hiked or backpacked before you set out to do the Appalachian Trail? Hell no. Have you seen Indiana? I haven't. I've actually never been to Indiana before. Don't. Fly over. Fly over. <laughs> fly right over. Um, no, there's not really any backpacking trails here. There's day hiking trails, and... It is the flattest thing that you've ever seen. And like, it's so well maintained. It's like carpet. It's easy. And so I went hiking down in Southern Indiana where they start to get some, like some hills kind of, but it's still nothing compared to the AT. Right, right. So I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, that's crazy. You see, I came at the trail from a pretty extensive backpacking background that's a mouthful backpacking background anyways yeah so i had a i had quite a bit of experience before i set out so i can't even imagine i know a couple other guests i've had on the show were in the same boat as you were they'd never really hiked before or never backpacked before at least so i can't even imagine just like stepping foot on top of springer mountain about to hike 2000 plus miles and just being completely unfamiliar and uncomfortable i guess i shouldn't say you were uncomfortable but completely unfamiliar with uh, what you were about to get yourself into. That's crazy. I was totally uncomfortable. Um, I Even though I read everything that's like, everybody packs too much food for that first like 33 miles or whatever into Neil's Gap. I was like, no, I didn't pack that much food. I had so much leftover food, it was stupid. And my pack was easily in the 50s. 
It was so heavy. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of how it goes a lot with uh with the AT. It's it's kind of funny. I started I started in uh, May, mid May, so I didn't really have very many other through hikers that started when I started. So I kind of missed the uh, the bubble, I guess, when you start. And I've certainly heard some crazy stories about like especially philosophy was telling me about uh, some of the people he started with and some of their gear and just like all this shit. Did you ever have any other people that started with you that were just like even more unprepared than you were, I guess? Uh, there is one dude that him and I started the stairs of Amicalola the same day. And I actually did like trail days with him and like six other people. And he had a hatchet hanging off the side of his pack. <laughs> like, and he got the trail name hatchet. Uh, but yeah, he was like, I kept running into him. Um, the first, like from there until like hot springs, um, but yeah, he, he had a lot, he had a heavy, heavy pack, but a lot of it is just, you do what the best that you can. Um, sometimes you can't afford the lightest weight gear. So you have to get right, something right. that's a little heavier. And I mean, I did some picking and choosing on comfort and heaviness. And I mean, some stuff I wish I would have changed. Um, but you live and learn. Yeah, for sure. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about the pace of your hike. So I'm sure if anybody listening to this has heard my other episodes, you're probably sick of hearing me talk about how fast I did the trail, which wasn't even that fast. Anyways, yeah, so the pace of your hike. So you did it a little bit slower than I did, um, a, d a decent amount slower than I did. So I'm just kind of curious about how that uh, was different than my experience, I guess. So... First of all, let's talk a little bit about zeros. Um, how many zeros or roughly how many zeros did you take? And uh, what was like, I, I know you said you were trying to plan in like one a week, something like that. Uh, no, we talked about like when we were figuring out how many miles that we had to finish at Katahdin for like the club, like the close date around October 15th, we were trying to like measure one zero a week. Um, but I... I mean, I took a lot of zeros. I meant to actually add them all up, but a rough estimate, I would say about a month and a half of zeros. Oh, okay. I mean, that's a lot of zeros. It's a lot of zeros, but I mean, I just feel like it gives you such a different experience, uh, at least compared to what I experienced. What Did you ever like take any extended time off the trail, like take like a week or whatever, go visit somebody or go into New York City or something like that? That's what sucks. I meant to do all those little side trips, but I fucked myself over. And I by the time I was at the side trip spots, I was just wanting to be done. And so I took, um, I took about a week for trail days. Um, I left like a day early before it started and then left. I think I was there for like... Wednesday to Sunday. So I was there for a hot minute. And then I think some of them were just like, they're stupid things, like stupid side trips, but they were fun. Like I went tubing in Maine for no reason, except <laughs> like, <laughs> and I literally hiked Katahdin, camped in Baxter, got out of Baxter and we hit Aval Bridge, that like little like, yeah, that little thing. And we're just sitting there eating ice cream. And I saw a sign that said tubing. And I was like, oh, I wonder how much that is. 
<laughs> and it was like 20 bucks or something. And we're like, okay. And so we did that the next day. Like we slept there and then went and tubed. And uh, some people fell asleep at the table when we were finished at Aval Bridge. And so we ended up not hiking out again. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, there are things that there were fun, stupid things that we did that I wouldn't take back, but it did kind of suck being gone for six and a half months. I wouldn't call them stupid. Like, I, I think that's cool because I didn't really have any time to do th- like things like that. Um, not didn't do any side trips. I didn't even take more than one consecutive day off uh, for the entire trail. But I, I just I think that's I think that's so cool because it's just such a different experience than than what I had, I guess. And honestly, like, I, I don't know if I would I certainly don't regret the way I did my hike, but it definitely would have been nice to take a little bit more time to uh, smell the roses, I guess, and maybe explore some of the towns around the trail that I didn't really spend much time in. Yeah. um, Yeah. I think I started in like Virginia taking some triple zeros. They always start out as one zero and then turn into two and then I'd be hammered and hung over and then that would (laughs) turn into three. Well, there was um there's a point I contracted Giardia around Daleville, Virginia, and was down for like five days. By the time I started hiking back out, I was on this medication, and if you've ever had Giardia, it sucks. But then the medication for it is basically like anabuse, so you can't have any alcohol at all, even like three or four days after you're done taking it. And that was the point that I hit like Devil's Backbone Brewery. And all the other oh. breweries. And so I'm just like sober Sally over here, just <laughs> eating food. <laughs> and everyone else is getting ripped. And I'm like, man, this sucks. And then finally, when I was able to drink again, I just really went for it. And then I was behind everybody getting into the Shenandoah. So I was just cruising as fast as I could. Trying to catch up. Oh, yeah. It was just, I mean, there are times where you're just doing some big mile days to catch up. So you just mentioned a second ago that it was tough being out there for such a long time, um, partially due to the all the zeros you were taking. So I guess I just, that's one of the things that uh, kind of came into my mind when I, when I first heard how long your hike took. I, that's not to like imply that like, oh, your hike was so long, like what the hell. Um, I'm just coming at it from like my point of reference, which is a four and a half ish month through hike. Anyways, back to the fucking question. So it must've been tough being out there for that long. Can you just kind of talk a little bit about, um, I guess the mental challenge? Cause honestly, four and a half months, like I just said, I really can't imagine being out there for any longer than I was. I mean, that, that must've been rough. Um, yeah, it was, um, I mean, Virginia was really hard on me mentally. I had, an awesome group of people I was with, but it was just long. Like they say, and they always say Virginia blues and they're really not lying. Um, and then when I flipped, so when I was in Virginia, it's like I started doing bigger mile days and you have really long days. And then when I flipped, I was in Maine and the biggest day I did in Maine was an 18. And I was like, Jesus, like, and you just felt like you couldn't move, which added more frustration because you are just like, okay, I've been out here for like three and a half months. I want to move. I can move, but you really can't because there's roots and rocks and bogs. And Mm -hmm. so I finally was just like, okay, 
I'm just going to take my time. I'm just going to let go. And so I started just doing shorter days, like 15, 17 mile days. And I would take two hour breaks at beaches and just sun myself. And I was with a couple other people. So we would do these climbs and get to the tops of balds and just hang out for a couple hours and just enjoy. So, yeah, I mean, we weren't going to make big miles anyway. So we're like, fuck it. Let's just enjoy it while we're here. And I'm really happy I did that because if I wanted to flip, I would have been in Maine in October freezing my ass off. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember looking at like the Instagram pictures shortly after I got back. I finished on... October 1st. And yeah, I was just like watching all the Instagram pictures of the people that were still out there, you know, just kind of coming up in my feed. And I want to say even like a week after I finished, I started to see summit photos of people like just in snow on top of Katahdin. And like, yeah, you know, that's, that's gotta be rough. Most of the people that um, I was hiking with uh, towards the end, they were, I, the, the other, sorry, random thing about flipping is it's really fun. You get to see every single person you've ever hiked with yeah, the entire way. Yeah. So I started seeing people middle of Maine and those are people I started with in April and they were fast. They were fast doing it in like three and a half months. That's crazy. And, uh, ended up, uh, people that I saw in like New Hampshire, I mean, we started kind of messing with them we're like man you're not gonna make it oh you asshole <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't help myself it was people i knew really well um but it, well, it was like right before the whites it was bef- like they had ju- they were like a two days north of hanover and it was mm-hmm. like i think it was october almost october and we're like you guys like you better push and yeah, a lot yeah, of them so. made it, but they night hiked the whole way because you're losing daylight. It's getting colder. The terrain's really hard. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I forget the question now. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. The last thing I kind of wanted to ask you uh, about on this subject of the longer through hike than Kyle's through hike, if you had to go back and do it again, God forbid, would you have done it differently? Do you think you would have potentially hiked a little bit, or not even hiked faster, but just taken less zeros, I guess? Yeah, I am. I definitely would have. A lot of the zeros I took, so I mentioned like I took zeros for hangovers and for fun, but I took a lot of zeros because of the rain. Because like you were out there, like you started in the middle of the 47 day straight of rain. There was somebody I talked to um, that kept track of the tally of how many days we had and it was it started the weekend of trail days and it didn't end for 47 days yep i remember that beginning part of my hike because i was on the trail like i think like a week before trail days maybe that's when i started and uh, yeah it rained a lot at the beginning it rained a lot i mean i got blown off of balds at one point like I'm not joking. I was on big hump and little hump and it's like I was checking poles and I'd take a step and a gust would hit and I'd fall over and just get right back up. That was where my first set of headphones went to shit. Um, I think I went through three or four different headphones because they all got waterlogged. But um, I took a lot of zeros for rain where I just physically couldn't be out there anymore. My calluses were peeling off and I was really upset because I worked so hard for them. (laughs) And... um, (laughs) Yeah, I think that 
I would change. I would change the weather. That's for sure. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't want to finish at the Mason Dixon line, but I wanted to finish. And that was the only way I knew I would definitely finish. I feel like doing a flip-flop hike is ideal for like being able to enjoy, in my opinion, what's, what is the most beautiful part of the trail, which is pretty much all of Maine and New Hampshire, because when you're doing a northbound hike, by the time you get to especially Maine, you're just so close to the end that as much as you want to like enjoy it, you kind of just blow right through there to try to, you know, make that final dash towards the end. And if you're doing a southbound hike, you start at Katahdin and you start in Maine. And I mean, sure, you might be able to enjoy it a little bit. Uh, yeah, you might be able to enjoy it a little bit more. The thrill is, is still there because you're just starting out, but you also don't have your trail legs. So it's in the, I mean, like you kind of talked about earlier, that's some tough terrain. I don't know. Like we're, you said you were swimming a lot in Maine, which if I heard that correctly, which is really cool because I know when I went through at the end of my hike, it was way too cold to do that shit. And I just feel like a flip flop hike is like, I, I, I should clarify a flip flop hike where you flip up to Maine at some point is, is just ideal for kind of enjoying that section. I don't know. Would you, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I know. I, um, I definitely think that it is. I, I mean, I was up in Maine. It was in the nineties, some of the days. And then I was able to swim. I was able to enjoy myself. Um, I still had great weather. It rained a little bit, but I, it wasn't as difficult for me because I already had tested my gear. I knew what worked and what didn't. I still was strong and I was fast and I felt, I feel for the Sobos. I really do. Yeah. That's got to be so tough starting out and that shit. Yeah. Some of the Sobos that I started with, uh, we summited Katahdin, they, they were rough. They were hurting. And it, I mean, it kind of felt like we're just like, are you okay? You know, <laughs> like they didn't have the right gear and they're just in the middle of the hundred mile, just trying yeah. to stay alive. And I mean, some God, like God love them. Like all the Novos, they talk all the shit about the Sobos. Like you see that in the log books and everyone's oh, yeah. talking shit. And I was like, you guys don't understand. <laughs> you yeah. hadn't even got up there. Like it takes balls to be a Sobo. But I do think it, it's probably really boring towards the end. Yeah. My, uh, my last guest, uh, Scott Hughes, he was a, a Sobo hiker and we kind of talked a little bit about like the uh, the differences between finishing, you know, the grand finish on Katahdin up above Treeline, you know, you're on top of the world and just kind of coming out to a clearing, finishing on Springer if you hiked southbound. And it, it definitely, you definitely hit like not as like crazy, exciting terrain towards the end, but I, I still feel like you hit some good sections like the, uh, the Roan Highlands and uh Grayson Highlands and some of the balls down and down in the south so I don't know yeah I mean it all has its perks it's whatever works for your schedule <laughs> for sure for sure so um I kind of want to transition into the topic of women doing a through hike and I really don't want to spend too much time on this because honestly there's just way more interesting things about your hike that I want to get to but it is something that people ask uh, a lot of questions about, not to me, obviously, but um, I, I see them online on Reddit and Facebook and stuff. So can you just kind of talk to me a little bit about your experience 
I don't know, did you have friends or family that thought it would be unsafe? Did you ever feel unsafe at any point? Um, you know, coming at it from a, a female perspective, I don't, I don't even know how to phrase this question. Just kind of fucking talk a little bit about that, I guess. I know what you're getting at. Um, so everybody, everybody thinks it's unsafe. Like all of my friends were like, but you're a girl. And I'm like, and like, they're like, but what if there's creepy people out there? I'm like, you're acting like I'm not creepy. Like I can be creepy too. And so I I was never, I started out there and I never felt unsafe. Um, just, I, I started out solo. I ended solo. I hiked by myself the majority of the time. Um, I would obviously have a trail family that here and there, like I three different trail families and you n- kind of know where people were and if you're going right. to camp with them, but most of the time you're not hiking up someone else's ass. So you're just out there and I only came across like a handful of creepy guys um you just like you get a vibe it's no different than being out in the normal world and like somebody cat calls you it's the only difference is you're in the woods right and someone says something which is a little bit sketchy I guess but sketchy but it's like maybe I just don't care (laughs) I don't know like I came across some sketchy people but it's just like Um, there's one point, it was right after Watuga, um, lake, I came up to a shelter and I wasn't planning on staying there, but I was just looking at the logbook and there was some dude there that was, I think was like hiking homeless. Like, you know what I mean? Like the homeless hiker. Um, and he was a little bit creepy and I was like, wow, there's a storm coming in. I was like, "Eh, I'll just battle the storm. Like that seems like less work. Oh yeah. That's not good. Oh yeah. And I like, I was fine. And then I met like people at the next shelter that actually became some of my trail family in Virginia. Um, but usually if someone, I had one dude get really creepy on me and kept hiking around me and kind of following me. And I just mentioned it, mentioned him to other people and they kept an eye out and then they would make sure like they were around with me. So when you look at it, the majority of the people that I came across out there, I mean, no, they're not creepy. And they're not right. weird. And they're there to watch out for you. And I feel like it's it's just like normal life. Like you take a five, six, whatever month stretch of your life and you're probably going to come in contact with some creepy people regardless of what you're doing. Regardless exactly. of whether you're hiking or, or whatever. I came across so, creepier people on five months in my normal life in Indiana <laughs> than I do on the trail. I believe it. I believe it. I mean, the trail is a super safe place. Again, I feel like I really don't need to talk about this too much, but it is something that's uh, asked about a lot by people who aren't as familiar with the Appalachian Trail. I mean, statistically speaking, it's it's incredibly safe. You're it's crazy safe. I, I would always tell my mom before I would go on backpacking trips when I was in like high school and stuff. I was like, look, mom, the most dangerous thing about this hike is going to be when I'm driving to the trailhead. Because literally, I mean, I think there's been like, I don't even know. I want to say like seven or eight murders on the Appalachian Trail, which is still like a lot. Like it's too much. But for the millions and millions of people that have set foot on that trail since it was a since it was established. I mean, it's just it's a very low number. Yeah. I mean, I don't worry about it. And if you're that worried about the trail, like safety wise, like I I guess body recovery, (laughs) like have a spot device or something Um, like I. I, my friends just wanted to kind of have an idea of where I was. So I turned on my location services 
and I shared my location with them so they could see my little dot move. And I was like, well, if my dot hasn't moved in a week, like maybe send somebody and then recover the body so you can get the life insurance policy. Like, <laughs> and look at that will that you established earlier. Yeah, earlier. exactly. I was like, look at that will. <laughs> so good. I guess for just like the last question on this uh, sort of woman through hiking topic here, what advice would you have for other women who are looking to do a solo through hike of the Appalachian Trail? Don't be scared. Like talk to people, get to know people, guys, girls, everything. Like just be friendly and the more people that you know out there, the safer you're going to feel. All right. We're going to transition into another topic that I'm going to have a hard time phrasing, trying not to sound like an asshole. So if anybody listening to this follows the Trek on Instagram, um, you know, just the pretty much the biggest backpacking uh, Appalachian Trail through hiking, whatever blog on the Internet, you had posted a picture of you when you had first started the trail, I believe it was under the arches in uh, Amagalola, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Beside that picture, you had posted a picture that you took uh, shortly after you had gotten back from uh, your through hike. And it looks like you had lost a decent amount of weight there. And the reason I bring up the trek is because that's actually how I first saw the picture. You had sent it to them and they had reposted it. And it got quite a bit of uh, attention on Instagram, which I thought was kind of funny. But yeah. um can you just kind of talk a little bit about uh, your experience uh, losing that weight? Like, if you're comfortable, uh, how much did you lose? And I don't know, just again, I, I can't fucking phrase this without sounding like an idiot. So yeah, just kind of just kind of talk a little bit about that. No, you're fine. Um, yeah, so like I said, like I had the most fun drunken six months prior to trail. And I did that kind of not necessarily on purpose, but like I made sure that I drank a lot and I ate fast food like it was going on a style before I started so I put on like an extra 10 or 15 pounds so you were kind of like doing that on purpose you were gaining weight on purpose yeah so I yeah I gained like 15 pounds prior to the trail because I know I know my body and I know my metabolism and I did I wanted I had no problem I knew I would lose weight and so I wasn't scared to get fat prior fuck it let yourself go. I quite literally did. <laughs> like I'm, so I almost didn't post. So I posted that photo to my Instagram and then the Trek found it and reposted oh, it. Oh, so you didn't like send it to him? <laughs> no, I put Dude, in, um... I hashtag stuff and they found it on the hashtag oh, okay. and then they reposted it and notifications on my Instagram. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Wait, so did they ask you before they posted it? I think it was because I put like Trek the AT that I do on a oh. lot of my AT things. So I put that hashtag in there and then they just kind of, they just, yeah, they just posted it, which I don't care that much because my Instagram's open anyway. Like it's not private and it's public as hell. So um, yeah, they posted it and I was like, what the fuck is happening? And I got a ton of followers and some really interesting people slide into my DMs. And (laughs) like I said, things are creepier in the real world than on the trail. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I, I gained a lot of weight beforehand and I was doing a lot of weightlifting because there's no possible way for me to train for the AT. Like everybody kind of says that, like you can't train for the AT. You just get, you just hike the AT and you just get in shape as you go. You get in shape as you go. So I was mostly just trying to get strong and fat. So I actually, the, 
the first 17, I still know this because it's really funny. Um, I started getting really sick right after Jacob's Ladder. And I don't know if you remember Jacob's Ladder. Not really, honestly. Where uh, where was that? Um, probably 20 miles before Fontana Dam. So right at the beginning. It was at Stokoa Gap. Oh, I remember that shit. There you go. It was just like really fucking steep and like came out of nowhere. Straight up. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. I was like feeling like shit the first couple days before that. And I was hiking with this guy, Strawberry, who is the nicest guy ever. And he he had hiked, like he had already done the PCT. And so he kind of knew what he was doing. And he asked me, he's like, have you been eating? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, like I'm eating. He's like, are you eating enough? And it like, it turned out I was not. And I got really like, I had no energy, got into that first shelter. Everybody else hiked on and I never hiked with them again, unfortunately, but I saw them all on the flip side. But uh, I ended up going into a bride and breakfast because I was so nauseous. I didn't want to eat and I felt so sick. And I weighed myself there and it had been like 17 days on trail and I'd lost 17 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like I lost stuff fast. And then I, that's when I just started shoving all the food I possibly could into my body. And to the point where like a four day, a four day food bag was like 17, 18 pounds. Oh, wow. I, I started like, I started adding up my calories and I was eating around 4,000 calories a day and I was still losing weight. That's crazy. I didn't stop losing weight until Maine and I um, kind of studied myself on Maine and New Hampshire and I didn't really lose any weight until I started hitting bigger miles again when I hit Vermont and I started pulling 20s again, I started losing weight again. So I think overall, I lost close to 40 pounds. Like I, I'm muscular, but it's like, all of that just shed away. And the after photo was me pissed off in Target trying to find pants that fit. (laughs) Because I couldn't find pants that fit my calves and my waist. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's so funny. That's a struggle for being a girl. And you probably never thought that you took that photo in Target and then next thing you know, it's all over Instagram and you're getting creepy DMs and all that shit about it. Yeah, I was just like, well, shit. Because I like, before I even posted on Instagram, I sent it to my best friend. I was like, modesty check. And technically in my underwear. <laughs> She's like, uh, I've seen you in skippier shit with a swimsuit. And I was like, okay, I guess that's true. Because <laughs> I'm not really like, oh, hey. <laughs> so good. Did you like try to eat a lot in town once you kind of realized that you needed to up the calories a little bit? Because I know that's something that I did on my hike. I was like really terrified of losing weight before I left because I was already like a pretty like healthy weight. Um, I didn't bulk or anything like that before. I I know that I would always just like I would take as much as I could on the trail. But I mean, like you kind of said before, the weight adds up in your food bag. So you just really can't carry that much at the end of the day, at least for my appetite. So I would just like fucking go to town whenever I was in town. I would just like, I, at one point, my friends started calling me triple entree because I would get like three fucking <laughs> meals and all that. Did you try to like make up for some of those calories when you were in town? Oh my God, yes. So uh, first off, I'm a vegetarian. So that kind of threw a whole nother thing into oh, the yeah. mix. Um, but I still remember... So I was still on my like flagell like giardia bullshit 
And I was at Devil's Backbone Brewery because I was like, I'm not going to not go to a brewery. And I ordered like three appetizers and she like came back with our check and I was like, no, I'm ordering more. And she's like, oh, I didn't realize. And I ordered like two entrees and then a side of fries, like a whole skillet of mac and cheese. Like that shit was so good. Like, I don't know if it was just because I was hungry, but like that was good. (laughs) And I ate like two more entrees and a side of fries. And there were like more people that came to like sit at the table and I'm eating their shit too. Um, (laughs) Because I was like, oh, I haven't had any fries as I have like fries in front of me. I'm just like stealing fucking fries. And um, then she like came back and I then ordered this like giant dessert. (laughs) Like I finished all my food, more giant dessert. And then I ordered something to go. And two hours later, I ate it in my tent. (laughs) I had like a $60 bill. <laughs> like With no alcohol, mind you. No <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> Fucking water. That's so funny. <laughs> like there was Honestly. one guy that was like, I just kind of want to video you eating and see if I can put it on the internet for some certain purposes. Maybe the Trek will post it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like eating as much as I want without feeling like guilty about it is one of my favorite things about hiking. Straight up, that's like one of the things I would tell people when they're like, oh, why do you like, why do you like hiking? Like, why do you want to do this through hike? I'd be like, because I just want to fucking like eat a shit ton of food and like not gain weight. Like, I don't know. That's that's awesome. (laughs) I mean, it's super funny. Like I in real life, I don't eat any of that bullshit that I ate on trail. Like I'd never had a honey bun prior to going on the trail. Which is a good thing. Oh no, they're disgusting. I still to this day, I I never have to eat a fucking honey da- honey bun or like the nutty buddies. Like, oh. All that gross shit. God, it's so gross. Oatmeal. Like I was eating four packets of oatmeal plus like um, a massive like packet of M&Ms for breakfast every morning and then eat again two hours later. And still losing weight. <laughs> yeah, still losing weight. <laughs> it's crazy what that shit does to your body. So you just mentioned a second ago that you were a vegetarian and I actually didn't know that. So this isn't like in my notes or anything, but I think that's something that I haven't covered on the show yet. So can you just talk a little bit about like some of the foods you ate as a vegetarian uh, on the trail? Um, Yeah, so you just have to like know like you have to know what you can and cannot eat and some places are really difficult like the only ramen I was able to eat was the top ramen soy sauce flavor because that's the only one that doesn't have beef extract even oh, like wow. even like the maruchan like oriental that one sells beef in it and then pasta sides rice sides but then yeah, it ends up it gets boring because you can't have like different flavors outside of like alfredo or cheddar like it's all um it's all interesting it's just it's the same thing um i would pack out lots of cheese i packed out spinach when it was cold and like avocados i'd make wraps that way um because for me i needed to make sure i got fats where fats were my biggest issue protein wasn't that big of an issue because i um always had nestle nido what is that? You know, oh my god, you've never had Nestle that. Nestle Nido, is that what you said? Yeah, it's um milk powder, like a full fat oh. milk powder. Dude, you're I'm about to elevate your pasta side game. Like, you know how like the pasta sides, the pasta sides ask for like milk. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would just put like a spork full of like Nestle Nato and it would just make it so much better because it was creamy. And you get that protein too. Yeah. And I added that into like my um, oatmeal. And then sometimes I would just pack out cereal. Like one time I packed out a bag of tricks and I was just eating cereal on trail. (laughs) Because <laughs> uh, I had the milk powder, so that was just might as well. I mean, I was getting really fancy and gourmet with shit, um, as best I could on a budget. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was the same old stuff. It was just like lunches. I waited a while to get on the peanut butter kick because I knew I was gonna want to die of peanut butter. <laughs> like the like, you know what I mean? Like you just eat nothing but peanut butter. And um, I did like peanut butter and honey. They never had like the, like for peanut butter and jelly, my, I, I get so mad about this. The whole trail, you know how they have those, like, uh, like the stripes, like the peanut butter and jelly jars. Yep. They always have it in grape. You can't find strawberry that's like in a plastic container. Oh shit. So you could find it in a, in a jar, but you obviously wasn't trying to carry that glass around. Yeah. Yeah. No way. So I was just so pissed off the whole trail. Cause I'm like, I'm not a child. I want my peanut butter and jelly to be strawberry, not grape. <laughs> and there was one there was one guy that I was hiking with that he heard me bitch about this so many times. He found it in a store, took a photo of it, sent it to me and was like this store in this town. <laughs> and did did you find it when you went through there? Fuck yeah, I did. I went there and I got that. Stock up. Well, no, I had to carry it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so I mean, my diet wasn't too much different. I just didn't have beef jerky or tuna or spam. Pepperoni. Oh. Yeah, I guess that's true. I didn't really think about that before I asked that question, but most of the shit that I ate like wasn't even like it didn't even have meat in it really. It was just the pepperoni and the beef jerky like we just talked about, so I don't know. All right, I guess we can kind of transition again. We're already at almost an hour here, so it's it's always crazy. The six times I've done uh, one of these episodes now, I'm always like at the beginning, like, okay, I got to make sure I've got like enough questions and enough material. And like, I'm watching the clock, making sure everything's lining up. And then like, by the time I get like 20 minutes in, I just like forget to look at the time. And then next thing I know, it's like almost an hour. Well, I'm also probably the first girl that you've had on here and girls are talkers. So, oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) no i think this is going really well liz and i I really appreciate you taking the time i do want to get into some stories this is something i've asked pretty much all my guests so far because as i say every episode anyone who does a fucking 2000 mile hike's got to have some stories so is there anything just anything at all any crazy stories on trail off trail hitchhiking in town like whatever uh so what what are just some of your uh your favorite or craziest stories from your through hike i mean i either have one that i don't know i have the i'm fearing for my life pissed off lose my shit story or the alcoholic story all right well why don't we start with that then alcoholic story go (laughs) alcoholic story so this is actually how i made some of my virginia trail family um i was hiking out of damascus which I didn't decide to hike out until like 3 p.m., 4 p.m., something like that. And a couple of people I hiked out with before, or a couple of people I hiked with before, they had left like a couple hours before me. And they were packing out like a bag of wine and a whole thing. Her pack was like 57 pounds or something when she weighed it. Oh, wow. <laughs> she, had, she, had, she, 
she ate like I did at the beginning, like from the very start. So she had a lot of food, uh, but then also like a three liter wine or something. So she ended up like dropping that off to some guys. And when I was hiking out, I ran into them and I'm like coming out of Damascus. And then you have like these little stairs that you go up. And I'm like walking up them and I see one guy that I met in Irwin and uh, had a hotel with like another group. Then two guys I just met in uh, Hampton, Tennessee. And then one guy, I had no idea who he was, but I knew I wanted to be his friends because he had a, an entire case of yingling strapped to his pack. And there I'm like, huh. <laughs> and they're all just like, golden girl. And I'm like, what's going on? And like, they hand me a beer and I'm like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, we're going to do the 24 beer four mile challenge. Oh. No, no, no. It's not what you're thinking. <laughs> Basically, because okay, okay. we were doing four miles <laughs> because that was where the, <laughs> that was where the closest trash can was. <laughs> so, gotcha. uh, yeah, we ended up hiking. Like we all hiked out and, um, it was this guy, Stranger, Han Solo, Cowboy, and Puffy Nips. I don't know if you met any of them. Um, Puffy Nips. I can't forget that one. I did meet him. So he was part of that group. And we all started hiking up. And uh, some people had to get water. Some of us didn't. On the way, we ran into uh, this other guy who was Nobo, but he was going the wrong direction. So we like ran into him. And I knew him from before. And I'm like yo, aren't you Nobo? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> like, like you're, you're heading south. He's like, oh, shit, this is the second time today. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he got getting turned around in a water source. <laughs> and so he ran into us, so he started hiking with us. Um, and three of us, like me, Stranger, and Triple Zero was the other guy. We we're hiking and you know where like the AT meets the creeper trail and it gets really confusing in this one spot. Just after a Damascus? Just after Damascus. Um, some of us headed up a river, like a riverbed that we thought was the trail. And then gut hooks had it go another way. And then the blazes had it go another way. So all of us ended up going different ways. And the guy with the beer was ahead of me going up the wrong spot until I was like, I don't think this is the trail. And he was like way ahead to the point where I was like, he'll figure it out. And we turned all around. I ran into someone else at like um, a road. Um, another person showed up 10 minutes later and we just all decided to camp. And one of the guys was like two miles ahead of us because <laughs> he went the correct way where the rest of us went the wrong way. And, uh, our wonderful plan of just drinking a case of beer, having a fire and camping turned to shit. And the guy with the beer showed up to our campsite at like nine o'clock at night. Like he was running the whole time. <laughs> and we're like, sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, needless to say, we killed the beer and then found the trash can and hiked out. <laughs> but, and I, I hiked with them uh, until around like McAfee's Knob, Waynesboro, like we were all kind of boomeranging back and forth, but they were like my start of my Virginia trail family. It's a good way to start it. Mm -hmm. Beer tends to bring people together on trail and off trail. Yeah, except when you all go the wrong directions because you can't follow white places <laughs> and your perfect laid plan goes to shit. <laughs> I do want to say that my claim to fame is that I've never 
I should, you know, I've never gotten lost or taken like the wrong trail or anything. I know that that does happen to a lot of people. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think Indy was uh, with us when uh, we we met at like the clouds there. Did you meet Indy at all? Um, I don't think so. I knew another guy named Indy, but I think he quit prior to that. Okay. Yeah, it must have been a different guy. Anyways, Indy, this dude literally got lost like two different times in the whites. And, and granted, like I can kind of see how it happens there because there's just a lot of other trails, a lot of blue blazes. And the trail, the, the AT uh, trail isn't always uh, marked quite as well as it is in other spots. But anyway, th- at one point, he was on top of, uh, what was it, Mount Madison, I believe, which is the last peak in the presidentials on the Appalachian Trail. And he ended up going down the wrong trail. And he told me he made it all the way down to a trailhead that wasn't on the AT. So pretty much all the way down the mountain before he realized and he had to fucking go all the way back up that thing, all the way back up to the top to hook back up with the AT. Oh my god, that's such a shitty spot to do it too. I know, like <laughs> not a fun one. Like I went up that, and I was like, man, that's gotta suck to go down Mount Madison, like that, that bouldering part, like the really rocky, yeah. steep part. He, yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, well, he he didn't have a map of the other trails besides the AT, so that's probably why he didn't just cut around. But if he was more prepared, maybe he would have. I don't know. If he was more prepared, maybe he wouldn't have gotten lost in the first place. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> As if he's going to hear this. <laughs> I mean, I had I had gut hook, and so I used gut hook on trail. Yeah, see, that's smart. He didn't he didn't have gut hooks. So I did a wall because I mean I had no idea what the hell I was doing when I started. So I got a wall, which was awesome for town, but I also had gut hook to use on trail because I liked right. I liked the fact of like I mean I there were a lot of times I was like am I even on the right spot? Like, where the hell am I? Like, especially on some of the, some of the, um, balds trying to figure out like, like above tree line, trying to figure out where you're supposed to go. Cause there aren't always yeah. like the cairns that are there. Gut hook is such a crazy app. Like, honestly, I didn't use it on the AT. I don't know why. I think I'd, I'd already bought the AWOL and I was just too fucking cheap to dish out more money when I already had, all the information, I guess. I don't know, but I did use it when I hiked the long trail a couple years ago, and that shit is awesome. Shout out to Gut Hook, as if he's ever going to hear this, because that app is, it's sick, for hey, sure. Hey, you never for know. Sure. Like, he picked up one of my photos, too, on Instagram. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, like, they at least asked me if they could use it you're popular you should become a through hiking vlogger or something like that oh god that's so much effort i originally was i originally set myself up to be a blogger for the trek and i think i wrote i wrote three posts and the last one was in georgia (laughs) (laughs) because it's so much more work than you think it is like by the time you like get into town get your shit together get it washed get yourself washed get a resupply get things charged like you don't want to just like right yeah you gotta like really be committed to that to do that on the yeah i wrote for them for a while not even when i was through hiking i was just writing articles about backpacking and stuff and eventually i burnt out on it just like sitting on my ass like in school so i can't even imagine trying to keep up with that like while you're actually balls deep in a through hike yeah i don't know how people do it (laughs) yeah some people are they're into it i guess i don't know i don't know to each their own for sure so uh yeah we're 
over an hour at this point, Liz. So I think I'm going to try to wrap things up a little bit. Um, real quick before we sign off here, I kind of want to know uh, what your future hiking plans are. Do you see yourself doing another through hike, whether it's the AT again or any other uh, long distance trail? Um, originally, I would have said no, but after being home for like three weeks, I've already started talking about doing the PCT. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was talking to um, my tattoo guy's wife, who also did the AT in 2014. Like, there's now three people I know in my town that have done it. And uh, I was talking to her, and she's like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing the PCT. And I was like, well, she's like, you know you want to do it. <laughs> so uh, yeah. we'll see what happens. And then the thing is, if you do the PCT... Now you've done two of the three triple crown hikes, so you might as well do the CDT. That's the thing. Like, you can do one, but once you do two, like, you have to do three. You're committed. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know if I have time for that. I don't know if my knees can take it. It's addicting, for sure. Right. So, uh, lastly, before we get done here, do you want to just plug your social media or whatever so people can follow you when you eventually do the... PCT or the CDT or whatever you end up or whatever the hell I end up doing. Um, yeah, my Instagram is the yoga umbrella because like I said, I'm a yoga teacher. So if you want to see stupid shit of me falling on my face, doing yoga or being pissed (laughs) off in Indiana, hiking on flat ground, or when I decide to take random road trips, you can look at my shit on there. Sounds good. All right, Liz, thank you so much for taking the time tonight. I really appreciate it. Oh, for sure. For everybody listening, enjoy the rest of your drive or work or fucking, I don't even know. Those are really the only two times I ever listen to podcasts, but enjoy whatever you are doing currently at the moment. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening.